The time has come. I like that. The time is now for Victoria Stellwell's Positively Podcast. She's a world-renowned dog trainer. Seen enough dogs today, have you? She's the host of It's Me or the Dog. I'm coming to train you. Along with co-host Holly Furfer. You don't play around with that name, do you? I am a fan of Shwethy Balls. She's Victoria Stilwell, and she's ready to go. This is a lovely way to start the day. You get the busy bee. I need to trim her whiskers. I see some poo here. I feel a little bit better now because I'm the only one who usually feels stupid during the podcast. Now, let's head to the studio and get this Positively Podcast started. Hello everyone, welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad that you can join me today. I hope that you and your pets are doing well wherever you are in the world and that wherever you are in the world that you are coping and doing okay being quarantined. I really do hope that this ends soon and that we get back to at least some kind of normal. But until then, I hope that you are finding things to uh, keep you busy, that if you're having to go out to work, you're keeping safe, and that you're having a little bit of time for yourself and spending a bit of time listening to this podcast. So we're really glad to have you here. We have a special guest today. Her name is Zazie Todd. And um, for those of you who don't know her, she is the creator of Companion Animal Psychology. She has a blog about how to have happy cats and dogs, according to science. And she also has this wonderful book out called WAG, The Science of Making Your Dog Happy. So um, stay around because I will be talking with Zazie in just a moment. Um, if you didn't know that actually this week is Dog Bite Prevention Week and this happens every year that uh, positively along with State Farm and American Humane and the American Veterinary Medical Association along with other organizations gets together and we do a whole media week on social media and other media to raise awareness about safety around dogs for adults and especially focusing on children and I do a program called Kindness is Powerful with State Farm where when we could, we would go into schools. We go into schools and we teach kids all about dogs, how incredible they are. Um, we teach them how to recognize and how to talk dogs, how to recognize dog body language. And most importantly of all, we teach them how to be safe around dogs. So this is a very important week. The exciting thing about this week, even though we can't all get together, we are going to be getting together online. And so if you um, are interested about that, I will be putting a link on the podcast page where you can register for this Friday. So this coming Friday. The um, uh, at two o'clock p.m. we are going to have a um, a discussion regarding rescue with veterinarians from the AVMA with myself and State Farm. We're going to have a free Q&A. So if you, um, you can check out my Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Victoria Stillwell. I'll be posting it on Instagram. Uh, at Victoria Stillwell and on Twitter at Victoria S. You can get more details about it, but it's happening 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time this coming Friday where you're going to be able to 
ask the vet, ask me, ask insurance um, for State Farm Insurance and have a discussion about rescue as well in the time of this pandemic and get your questions answered. So don't miss that again. We'll be putting a link up on the podcast page so that you can get to that. Also, if you are interested, um, we have the international dog behavior conference now every year in the uk we the victoria stillwell academy and vspdt runs a conference it's called the national dog behavior conference and we've been doing it for six years and it's always in may um, and we have some of the best speakers in the world speak at our conference but of course because of coronavirus we had to cancel it but we put it online instead so We've made it cheaper. It's $125 for two days. Uh, that's about £100. And uh, you can go and register at positively.com slash DBC for Dog Behavior Conference. Um, and we've added extra speakers, including, gosh, we've got Clive Wynn as well as Zazie Todd, who you're going to hear from in a minute. Um, and we've added two more speakers. So it's going to be two days of really incredible information. Now, the good thing about it is if you don't want to be sitting in front of your computer from noon Eastern Standard Time to um, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, that's 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. Um, uh, wait a second. Seven, sorry. Uh, it's noon to 8 p.m. British Standard Time. That's 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Gosh, it gets confusing. Um, but if you don't want to sit in front of your computer for that long, don't worry, because you can also have lifetime. If you register, you can have lifetime access to all the recordings. So I would definitely um, recommend this to you. And so you can go and register. We have, of course, I'll be speaking there. I'll be speaking about brave uh, brand new coping strategies for every dog. We have Holly Root Gutteridge, who will be talking a lot about some incredible science that she's doing, some incredible research that she's doing regarding dogs and human language. We have Sarah Fisher. We have Zazie Todd, J. Nicole Smith, Clive Wynn, Sarah Heath, and the wonderful Kay Lawrence. So it's definitely something that you need to check out May 9th and 10th. Be there or be square. I cannot wait because it's going to be a place where we can all just hang out for a couple of days. And I don't know if you're feeling the same as I I am sometimes, you know, but this can be a little isolating, can't it? Um, and I was thinking a lot about resilience. And that's why I'm excited to talk about uh, to talk to, to Zazie, because in her book, she writes a lot about resilience. And right now we're having to be resilient. So we talk a lot about resilience in dogs, but we're having to be resilient ourselves. Um, and how do we encourage our dogs as well? to to be more resilient even with this strange new normal that they're living in as well. well resilience is an important part of raising a puppy I talk about that in my book the ultimate guide to raising a puppy but Zazie takes it even even uh, further in wag the science of making your dog happy so without further ado I'm going to get her on the line <coughs> The Positively Hotline is ringing. We don't know what we're going to do. We have no plan. We're just here. Who's calling in this week? He went after her like she's made out of ham. That is interesting. That's exciting. Um, is somebody going to answer that? Hello? Hotline ringing. You're on your phone, and I don't think you're taking any of this seriously. Answer the phone! Ladies and gentlemen, let's go! 
All right, so this is just our weekly podcast that we do, and we mm. have every now and again we have guests on, and we want to be able to um, talk a little bit more about the international dog behavior conference now obviously we had to cancel the one that was in england uh, which is our in-person yeah. but hey um it means that you can speak and it means that we can just make it a bit longer and have a couple more speakers so i'm really pleased that you said yes and thank you so much for that um oh well thank you <laughs> and what i really wanted to I'm talk thrilled. what I, what i wanted to talk about was um a little bit about your book, The Science of Making Your Dog Happy, and then a little bit about what you're going to talk about. Um, but it'll also, uh, sorry, at, at the conference, but also it's Dog Bite Prevention mm. Week here in the United States. So um, if you've got any kind of tips for listeners regarding dogs and children, that would be great. Um Okay. And then really it's sort of anything that you feel like you'd like to talk about. We normally do these. It's, it's about normally about 20 minutes long. Um, mm. And it just it's just a conversation that that that's mm. it. So um, and is there anything that you would like to focus on right now? No, I mean, you've already mentioned my book and that's the obvious thing for me because that's what I'm trying to get people interested in so yes. if I get a chance to talk about the book that's awesome but that that's related to the topic of my talk as well anyway yes um okay yeah. lovely all right then okay well I'm going to start I'll have already been rabbiting on about you know other stuff and then so I will have already introduced who this who my guest is going to be so we'll go straight into mm. it okay 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 ready all right Zazie, welcome to the podcast. Hello. I'm so glad that you can that you can talk to us today and I'm also really excited that you are going to be speaking at the International Dog Behavior Conference and your uh your title is Helping Dogs Be Happy and of course that's the title of your book Wag the Science of Making Your Dog Happy. So uh, I, I, there's so much to talk about. First of all, how are you doing and how are you coping in this pandemic? I'm doing all right, actually. I, I'm absolutely thrilled about the International Dog Behaviour Conference, and I think that's a way to turn something into a, an opportunity, really. I, I really admire you for what you've done with that. And I am actually very lucky because I did have one in-person book event before everything else got cancelled. So that's been very fortunate for me. And I'm used to being at home a lot anyway. So and not too bad. I hope you're coping well. Yes, you know, we are. I think it's like everybody. You you know, we 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 haven't got much choice. And um, but we're making the most of it. Our pets seem to be liking the fact that we're here. Uh, but I have heard and I have we, we've been talking on the podcast about people's pets that have been showing some signs of anxiety and people's pets who aren't used to having them home all day, especially if you've got young children running around all the time that are actually suffering a little bit of anxiety. Plus, we've also had a lot of people concerned that the, their dogs are going to um, have separation issues when eventually life does get back to normal. So. I think that's quite interesting, um, and, and I think that really fits very well into the subject of your book, The Science of Making Your Dog Happy, because 
I mean, every, all the time, not just in this time of, uh, of coronavirus, but you know, what is the secret? How can we make our dogs happy? One of the things is simply being able to recognize the dog's body language um, because we know that people are actually quite good at recognizing happy body language, but they're not so good at recognizing when a dog is a bit anxious or a bit stressed. And those subtle signs of stress like licking the lips or looking away or a low body posture are things that people tend to miss. And so when we recognize those signs, then we can step in and do something about it to help make the dog happier. But another thing, at another level, basically, in order to make our dog happy, we have to provide for what they need in terms of good health, a good environment, opportunities to express their normal behaviors, uh, companionship um, with other animals of, of their own kind, so with other dogs and, and positive mental experiences. And there are so many things we can do, and I think every dog owner wants their dog to be happy, and there's nothing nicer than seeing a happy dog. And um, The good news is that when your dog is happy, then they're less likely to have behavior problems, and they're going to have a better relationship with you, and I think that's what everybody wants. Well, I mean, that sounds lovely. That sounds wonderful. But what about those people who say... Well, you know, it, it's more important that my dog obey me. It's more important. Yeah, I do want my dog to be happy. It's more important that my dog obey me. But also those people that actually in trying to create a relationship with their dogs um, might have chosen the wrong kind of trainer in order to either help them train or do board and train. And suddenly the relationship is based more on sort of like a dominant submission relationship rather than a relationship where a dog can truly be happy. Like, how do you how do you know the difference? How do you um, how can you tell the difference between a dog maybe that has been trained using more sort of humane, I should say, humane techniques and dogs that have had more punitive techniques used on them? That's a, a really great point, and I think it's been a really interesting change that is still ongoing between people thinking, my dog should obey me, to I want my dog to be happy. And I think as we think more and more of dogs as being family members, we're thinking less about obedience and more about teaching our dogs skills to cope, um, how to be resilient, and how to what they need to know to, to, to do doggy things in their life, but also to be happy. And that is a change. And as you mentioned, one of the big changes with that is using humane training methods rather than old-fashioned aversive methods. And there's quite a body of research that shows that the use of aversive methods, such as shock collars and choke chains, uh, tugging on the leash, has risks for the dog in terms of risks of fear, anxiety, stress, aggression, the risk of a worse relationship with the owner, and so when scientists do studies and, and they observe dogs in different kinds of training environments, they're seeing these signs of stress in dogs that have been trained using aversive methods. And I guess some of the signs of stress are the ones that I just mentioned that people often tend to miss, so people may not realize. Um, but increasingly, I think people are recognizing that they need to go to a trainer who's going to use positive methods, positive reinforcement, and one thing that I always tell people is to look for a trainer who will use food to train your dog. Because dogs love food, it's great as positive reinforcement, and there's even some research that shows that dogs will run faster to get a piece of sausage rather than a piece of kibble. 
So we know that food is very motivating for dogs, as, and that means that we can use it when we're wanting to reinforce dogs to behaviours to make sure that they'll do them again and again, then we can do that. And I think that's one way in which people can look for a good trainer. And another thing, of course, is to look for someone who's studied at a good dog training school, such as your Victoria's Stillwell Academy, such as Karen Pryor, such as the Academy for Dog Trainers or Pat Miller School. Someone who's actually got some training that shows that they, they know how to train a dog. Uh, so... What do you say to those people, though, that say food is bribery? I don't want my dog just to respond to me because of I've got a, a, a nice treat in my hand. I want my dog to respond to me without food. I want my dog to respond to me because he loves me. What do you say to that? Well, most people, when they go to work, they expect to get paid for that work. And if they stop being paid for that work, then they're going to stop going. Um, in most cases, I mean, there are a few of us do volunteer work, but for, for most everyday work, we expect to get paid. And it's the same for your dog. If they're going to be doing things that you ask them, then you should expect to pay your dog. And it's just that instead of money, you're paying with food or patting or games or something like that. And it's good for your dog. And there's even some research that shows that dogs like to work for food or for other rewards. And the scientists called it the Eureka effect. So really, it's it's a good way to train your dog to motivate your dog. And you can't expect them just to work for praise or just because you say so. And there's some really interesting studies that look at the effects of petting versus praise or food versus petting and praise. And it shows that praise doesn't really mean anything to a dog unless it's used to being followed with an ad reward like food. So if you say good dog and always give a piece of chicken, then good dog means something because it means there's a piece of chicken coming. But otherwise, it's, it's just words. It doesn't mean anything to a dog. And it's up to you as the dog's owner to find ways to motivate them. So can you say then, um, good dog and sometimes not give food? Do you have to carry food with you all the time? You know, I am the kind of person I much prefer to carry some food with me all the time. But if you are used to always re rewarding, then there are a few mix-ups where you don't have to. It doesn't matter. The dog's still going to keep on doing that behavior. But if you completely stop rewarding the behavior then the risk is that the dog might stop doing it altogether and you have to start again. So you might as well keep working on this behavior that you've, you've spent, after all, you've spent time to develop it. You might as well keep it as a strong behavior. Now, you're talking a lot about research. You're talking a lot about studies. What sort of things do you mean? Now, I, I've, I've, I've definitely heard of the Eureka effect. I think it was a study done with beagles, um, and uh, and the, they were measuring the sort of the uh, so much of their body language, including the tail wagging as well, and that that mm. desire to to get that reward. But um, what 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 for people who don't understand the type of research that's being done now? Is it people in, you know, that are keeping beagles in cages with white lab coats? Is it that or has that changed? There is a whole mix of research being done. And it's what's really nice about it is it's fascinating and it's very, very applicable to everyday life and what ordinary people do with dogs. So there are also lots of studies that either ask questionnaires of dog owners or they even follow what 
happens in dog training class and take video of what's going on and analyze that video. Um, or in some cases, they set up experimental things where they actually go somewhere. They have dogs come into the lab or they go into an animal shelter and train dogs there and see what happens. So there's a whole range of different types of studies. And I think it surprises people to learn just how much is going on at the moment and just how big the, I mean, we could call it an explosion in canine science. It's, it's really lovely that there is so much happening and so many different methods. And it is very relevant to everyday life. It seemed to be like 20 years ago that nobody was really interested in learning. Um, well, they were, but but the, the, the studies weren't really being done, uh, certainly regarding dog cognition, canine cognition. But in the last 15, 10 to 15 years, it seems like that's exploded. I mean, we've got the Family Dog Project, don't we, in Budapest, Hungary, mm. headed by the wonderful Adam McClosey. We had the Canine Cognition Center at Duke University with Dr. Brian Hare. This explosion mm. that we've had with canine cognition, we have the wonderful Alexandra Horowitz. She's on our advisory board for Victoria Stillwell Academy for Dog Training and Behavior. And these, these people that are... I mean, revolutionizing the way that we look at dogs. There's Dr. Gregory Burns as well, who was the first person to do functional MRIs on dogs in a positive way whilst they're awake so they could actually see the dog thinking in real time. I mean, what are you, for you who's been, who've been such, such a passionate advocate for dogs for so long, what does that mean for you? I think it's absolutely wonderful. All of these people that you mentioned, they're doing such amazing work and such interesting work. And they're also, some of them are amazingly good at communicating it to the public too or, or getting out the news about what they're doing. And it's just fantastic. It's brilliant because I think it means the world of dogs has changed so much and there is so many new things that we can all learn from. And it's just brilliant. Why did you want to write your book? Like, why? The Science of Making Your Dog Happy. So, I guess my own inspiration came from my own two dogs, both of which sadly have passed now, Bodger, just a couple of months ago. Um, but wanting to know more about them and how to make them happy. And they were very different dogs. Our ghost was a Siberian Husky, Alaskan Malamute Cross, who we... Well, we thought he was a year old. Well, we thought he was four years old when we adopted him, but then he grew, so he was actually younger than that. He was huge. Um, and he was a bit fearful of a few things, but he was very lovely and he was, he was quite calm. And then Bodger, in contrast, his Australian Shepherd was two and a half, was completely nuts, basically. He would grab his tail in his mouth and spin in circles. He, was jumping and mouthing. He didn't know how to walk on a leash. He didn't know anything, except he was good with other dogs, which was a relief. Um, and they both had quite different needs. And so I wanted to know more about how to look after them. And then I started my blog, Companion Animal Psychology. And from that, I started thinking a lot more about dogs' happiness, what makes dogs happy. And I wrote WAG to be a guide that goes right from getting a puppy or a dog and takes you through to the senior years and the end of a dog's life and tells us what canine science tells us about each of those stages of a dog's life and what we can do to make the dog happier and to have a better relationship with them. And at the end of every chapter, I've got a set of tips to apply the science at home. And at the end of the book, there's a checklist for happy dogs that people can use and hopefully they'll find things that they're 
already doing right that they can be really pleased about and also they'll probably find a few things that maybe they could think about introducing or trying to see if that helps their dog or helps their relationship with their dog. I've read the book. It's a wonderful book. In it, you talk about resilience. Could you could you uh, tell our listeners a little bit more about what resilience in dogs looks like? Yeah, thank you. So resilience is to do with having coping skills and coping strategies and being able to cope with things that are a bit different. And so one of the things we can do is obviously as puppies, I think people are used to hearing that when puppies are between three and about 12 to 14 weeks, that's a sensitive period for socialization and lots of positive experiences then can help them uh, be more resilient in later life, be more confident and comfortable in later life. But also the experiences throughout the dog's life make a difference. And one of the studies that I mentioned in the book shows that some traumatic events can actually have quite a significant impact on dogs. And one of those potentially traumatic events is actually getting lost, being lost for more than a day. And as the person, a person with a dog, that teaches you about the importance of teaching a really good recall so your dog will come when called and of having a proper fence around your yard, but also making sure your pet has good identification so that if they do run off, then they can be reunited with you more quickly because that was one of the things, and there are several other things too, but that was one of the things that made a difference to dogs' behavior later on. People thought that if the dog had had a traumatic experience, then they were less resilient later on. You know, I work with so many dogs that have experienced exactly that, abandonment, and they're running around on the streets, and they're terrified, and then they are, uh, you know, thankfully they're rescued, but then they're transitioning into either the rescue shelter or they're transitioning into a foster home, and then from there they're transitioning into another home, and so you've got you've you you've got these dogs that maybe have been running for weeks, maybe months, and now mm-hmm. they're going into to a new home, and they, you know, some of them are able to cope, some of them are going to have a hard time. I mean, right now we're looking at this poodle that the Wonder Dogs has just. Uh, I work with an organization called the Wonder Dogs, which mm-hmm. does exactly that and takes in uh, animals from crisis into care. Um, and there's this poodle that's just been left in a box, just tiny little poodle left in a cardboard box in an abandoned Aww. house that was found. There uh, have a couple of dogs, uh, Labrador mixes that we've just taken in that, uh, again, running around terrified. Um, they're actually doing really well. But, you know, what are the what's the prognosis for these dogs moving forward, dogs that have had crisis I mean from puppy mills from um, hoarding cases I mean what is the prognosis for dogs like this are they a lost cause well as you'll know from your own experience in some cases it can take a lot of work with the dog to make a difference but I think the good news is that very often it, it can work out and it does work out when they go into the right home with someone who's prepared to set things up right so that the dog will learn to be more comfortable and some dogs will cope much better than others but when the dog is very fearful it does take a lot of time to work with them and in some cases also it may need them to see a vet or veterinary behaviorist to get medication on board to help them um, as well so it can take time but I I know that very often when people adopt adopt dogs from that kind of situation it 
does work out like they are willing to put the effort in they know what they get they're going in for and it does work out even if the dog doesn't have the same kind of life as you might expect for other dogs they can still be happy um they maybe might not want to be out and about meeting other people but it's surprising how much dogs can get over sometimes and if they have a good bond with the person and the person works hard to make sure they're not afraid or to help them deal with their fears. It can be really amazing, and I'm sure you know it can be wonderful to see that difference when you see when you see that happen and you see a dog blossoming and settling in after having been through all of that kind of past. It it is it is amazing. We did um, been working with a dog with a, a Belgian Malinois that was left tied up to a pet store, and um, this was gosh probably for three four months ago now at was pregnant so we helped deliver her puppies she's now in a home and her foster mama mm-hmm. decided to adopt her she's doing really well i mean she's had some it, it's 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 been very it's been quite a transition for her it's a long road she's still fearful of strangers but what we've been mm-hmm. doing is giving her a lot of space that ability to practice avoidance if she wants I think that's really important and building resilience slowly and carefully but I think it is a testament to our dogs exactly how resilient they are that they can go through trauma they can go through crisis and that they can come through the other end yes there's nothing like a perfect dog there's no there's no such thing I should say as a perfect dog um, and some of these dogs will still retain some behaviors that maybe they're nervous or they're slightly fearful or uncomfortable but it is a testament to how incredible dogs are that they can be so resilient yes I, I think it's, it's really amazing and I have to say I, what your talk at the International Dog Behaviour Conference is one of the I'm really looking forward to because I know you're talking about coping strategies for every dog and teaching dogs those coping strategies can make such a difference and as you say it is incredible how resilient they can be sometimes and even dogs that have come from very bad backgrounds that have been very difficult for them and so long as people know what to do and do the right things then it can make such a difference and I would encourage anyone to seek help sooner rather than later if you're dealing with that kind of situation because the sooner you get things in place to help the dog cope and be more comfortable, the easier it is to make a difference. Now, if people want to find out more about you, follow you on social media, where would they go? If they go to my website, companionanimalpsychology.com, and they can find links there to sign up by email or to follow me on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. That's awesome. I follow you. I follow you on all of that. And I get such, I mean, you're always posting really great studies, really great information. So I would encourage all listeners to follow um, follow Zazie on social media because I'm telling you, you're going to learn so much. You really are. And um, thank you so much for joining us. I cannot wait to hear your talk, Helping Dogs Be Happy at the International Dog Behavior Conference. That's May 9th and 10th. That's online. Um, and you can register at positively.com slash DBC for Dog Behavior Conference. We will see you there, Zazie. I can't wait. And um, thank you so much for talking to us today. Don't forget, folks, that if you are interested uh, in getting Zazie's book, I would highly recommend it. It's called WAG, The Science of Making Your Dog Happy. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, and I'm really excited about the conference. Awesome. That's brilliant. Thank you so much. 
thank you so much for joining oh. us and for for uh, sharing those that 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 wisdom. I mean, it's just it's it's brilliant, and I'm very excited for for the conference and to hear your talk. Thank you. I'm so excited to be part of it. So thank you very much. And, and I really am looking forward to your talk. It looks fantastic. And so yeah. it was lovely chatting with you. Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, no, I, I wanted to because I've seen, I'm trying, it's it's almost like not being the antidote out there to all of those trainers that are offering quick fix training. And um, not we're not saying that these this is a quick fix, but what we are trying to do cleverly is to make it as easy as possible for people to see results very quickly. And mm. we're hoping that when they see results very quickly, and mostly it's management strategies that we'll be putting into place, that once they see that change, then they will be able to take on simple coping strat you know coping strategies for their dogs so they're able to to mm. do very very simple training and behavior stuff with them and then if we get buy in for that then we can maybe do a little bit more complex stuff but i, I was i was you know that there's like a what's how, how do i put this i feel like there is a gap in the market when it comes to that um and around me where i live there's so many bad trainers that are offering just mm. guarantees for this and <clears throat> guarantees for that and um and it's just it's so it's so gross and it's so disgusting that uh, I, I it's born out of this just come on now it doesn't matter whether you whether you do have a dog that's from a crisis situation or you have a dog that's relatively happy in everyday life but then comes across a situation that it feels it feels nervous or it feels like it might it can't cope so mm. and it's all about getting buy-in from clients so brave is looking at not just the dog but it's also client support as well and mm. saying to clients I think that's so important yeah it's saying to them look you can do this and it's actually yeah. a lot simpler than you think if you put just a couple of things into place so it's not like we're not reinventing the wheel but we are saying this is a different way to apply it and um, mm. that's that's what's so exciting about it and so we're hoping that trainers will be able to use it everybody will be able to access it I mean there'll be courses and there'll be cheap courses um, and that dog owners can do but it also be for trainers that they can give out to their um, their clients as well so we'll see we'll see I'm just trying to find ways in which to keep dogs in homes and to for people to choose the right way for doing things and not relinquish dogs when they become a, a nuisance mm. so it sounds fantastic it's it's so important to meet people where they are yeah um, and yeah, there are so many bad trainers offering instant fixes that, I mean, you can see why people find that attractive when they don't know the full story. Exactly, exactly. Um, so yeah. so that was the inspiration behind it. Anyway, thank you so much and uh, wonderful. Well, Perfect. thank you and I will see you in the weekend, May 9th and 10th. Okay, thank you very much. All right, thanks. Bye. Bye. If you want to hear more from Zazie, she will be speaking at the Dog Behaviour Conference on May 9th and 10th. 
Her talk will be helping dogs be happy. I would definitely recommend you tune into that. Thank you so much for joining me this week. I will be coming back to you again next week. Our podcasts come out every Tuesday. If you're interested in joining us for Dog Bite Prevention Week on Friday, don't forget to check out the links that we'll post. You can access it through Zoom. It's completely free. Get your questions ready so that we can answer them for you. And um, I hope that you continue to get through this. We talk about resilience in our dogs. We have to be resilient within ourselves to get through this. But I really think when going on social media, seeing the incredible things that people are doing, the incredible love that's being spread the, the, the courage of our healthcare workers and our first responders and our uh, people that are working in supermarkets and grocery stores to keep the food going, the truckers that are, are delivering the food. I just want to, um, that, that, that's courage. That's, that shows the amazing human resilience and the amazing human spirit. So with that, I'm going to love you and leave you and Please stay safe, stay inside, and I will see you next Tuesday. Thanks for tuning in to Victoria Stillwell's Positively Podcast. For more information, visit Positively.com. Get connected on Facebook and YouTube as Victoria Stillwell or follow her on Twitter at Victoria S. Be sure to tune in next time as Victoria helps to change dogs' lives positively.